0: Hi everyone, this is Amber Love from AmberUnmasked.com and thanks for joining me for today's episode number 1205. Today I have two guests, which is going to be very exciting. I have Chad Meyer from Four Features and Kelly Newsom, who uh, are going to talk to us today about a film project that they're working on about creepy and eerie comics. So welcome guys to the show. Thanks for, for coming in.
1: Great, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: So, what can you tell me, Tab, about uh, Four Features and what this project is? What you know, where is creepy and eerie comics falling into your project?
1: Sure. Um, Four Features is a film company um, that has done two feature films right now, and they're both in uh, in post production. And uh, we got teamed up with uh, the owners of the. The Creepy and Eerie comic assets, um, just about four months ago, and, uh, started tossing ideas around and came up with the idea of, of picking one of the, one of the stories, uh, from the Creepy and Eerie magazines and turning that into a feature film. Uh, and, uh, so that's, we're in the process of, of putting that together right now. So, uh, Creepy and Eerie, just to give you a little bit of background, were started in the mid 60s by a very eccentric, guy named Jim Warren, uh, and uh, they were very popular in the late 60s, throughout the 70s, and into the early 80s. Uh, and now, uh, Jim Warren is, uh, <laughs> that's a whole story unto itself. Um, he's actually, a, in some ways, a contemporary of, of Hugh Hefner. He actually was indicted for, for pornography. Um, right. And well, and they, comics
0: were, they were allowed yeah. to get away with different sets of rules because they were considered magazines, right, not comics. That's exactly right. Yeah, so okay. that's how we
1: how we got a, kind of around the comic book code. Yeah, and so um, so the so the uh, the stories. I mean, they're they're cartoons or or comic books, um, but they're you know they're drawn pretty explicitly. They're they're horror. So there's uh, you know there's certainly kind of hardcore horror elements to it. There's kind of scantily clad women, and uh, so there's a bunch of things that that uh, really got. Teenage boys, uh, pretty excited at that time, and, and got their parents uh, kind of nervous. So that was uh, they, they were they were incredibly popular until Jim Warren, I think, ran into some personal financial difficulties in the early '80s, and uh, the the comics went quiet uh, until a group in 2007 actually approached him. Well, they approached him a lot earlier, and it took several years to to get the deal done. But they, they bought all the assets with um, the Creepy Mary franchise, I believe, in 2007. And so they've, they've since uh, been putting out actually new comics. So there's, uh, I think there's 20, 20 different volumes that have been put out, um, actually using some of the old writers, some of the old artists, as well as new ones. And, is this uh, the, um, and the dark, through,
0: is this a dark Horse? Yeah, series? they're sold.
1: Exactly, exactly. Okay. They're sold through Dark Horse. But they struck a deal with Dark Horse. Okay. So Dark Horse has been putting out not only um, kind of hardcover archive books of the old comics, uh, right. But then also issuing issuing the new new series, and they've done really extraordinarily well. So, so they're b- breeding some life back into the into the brands.
0: Uh, why do you think it's important at this point to to keep the legacy going? Well,
1: it's amazing. There's there's just a huge fan base for these magazines. Um, you know, honestly, I I didn't realize it until I got involved. Um, but a lot of uh, a, a lot of people remember those comics um, again they were they were very cutting edge even even considered a little bit over the line at the time and so they were extremely popular and there's a lot of people that have really fond memories of, of reading those comics and um, and, and whats what I, what I found really interesting is that a lot of you know particularly I, I've found out in, in Hollywood a lot of people um, have those memories and are and and uh, Still feel very fondly about Creepy here and it was really kind of interesting. I, w- I was watching just um, the movie Super Eight uh, a few weeks ago. I rented it, and uh, and I wasn't expecting to see this at all. But in one of the one of the kids' bedrooms, uh, you know, there's a shower he's talking to his friend, and you can just see over over his shoulder is a is a creepy magazine cover, tacked to his wall. Like so, you know, mm-hmm. just just out of nowhere, you know. And so it's there's uh, you know what I found out is there's really kind of a um, kind of a a groundswell or or a, a, you know kind of a deep appreciation for the the creepy and eerie brands and what the comics were kind of a, among that among a lot of hollywood folks as well as just general public
0: and is the film project a live action or an animated or is this a documentary what's the, the format that you're going for yeah
1: no it's a great question so this is the first live action film to be done based on creepy and eerie and um is and it, so it one it is going to be yeah, exactly. So we, um, there was some debate about, um, you know, I don't know if people remember. There were a couple of creep show movies that were right. done. Now uh, the first one was done in the early '80s. The second one was done kind of in the late '80s. Uh, there were there were anthologies, so they so they had kind of between three and five individual stories, and they were kind of tied together with with bookends in the beginning and the end. Those actually those actually weren't um, were called creep show because they didn't actually uh, have the right to, to Creepy, uh, even though they were pretty clearly kind of a kind of a ripoff on it. Right. Um, but we decided not not to do that. We, ours is going to just be one story, basically one standalone um, horror story that uh, that's going to be made into a, a feature-length film.
0: Okay, and which uh, characters are there are these uh, going to feature, perhaps, or play a role in the movie?
1: Yeah, there's no, uh, this particular, you know, Creeping Area probably have maybe a dozen or so, maybe even more than that, uh, recurring characters.
0: Yeah, not too uh, many. And yeah,
1: yeah, and, and the and the guys that own the assets are actually, they, they honestly refer to them as, as probably, you know, if a Batman or a Superman are, are A characters, you know, these guys are probably, you know, B or B plus characters. So there, you know, there's, uh, there's not a, not a Spider-Man in there, but there's some really interesting, Characters that I, that I think can really be uh, uh, developed into it's just something that's that's pretty interesting. But we're actually for our first feature film, we're not going to deal with any of those characters. We've taken one really pretty interesting story that was just a standalone story uh, with a with a pretty cool twist at the end, and uh, and we're developing that into the the first feature film.
0: Okay, um, Kelly, can you uh, fill in some of the details about how you're looking to raise the money here? Yeah. For- yeah, actually, I'm going to defer to Chad because this is Chad's project and I'm really coming in as an outside consultant. Okay. So I'm going to defer to Chad to answer that question.
1: Sure, yeah. The budget for the film is, is uh, $1.7 million and uh, we're certainly looking for accredited uh, investors as well as um, we've had some discussions with uh, with I guess you call them mini studios or, or small production houses, particularly on the West Coast. So what we're doing right now is Really trying to trying to line up the equity investors that would be involved. Um, the money's gonna be raised in, in um fifty thousand dollar increment. So uh, it should be uh, it should be a pretty you know the the there's been several films um, recently over the last several years at that budget range they've done extremely well. Insidious House of the Devil, um, can name several others. So that's that's really our, our plan is to um, have a very high quality, moderately uh, budgeted feature film, um, and uh, and uh, have it be a, a a very profitable investment for for everybody involved, as well as a as well as a heck of a lot of fun.
0: How far along are you in the project? Do you have the screenplay done and the casting or anything yet?
1: We're in the early stages, so we've we're reaching out right now to um, to a handful of writers that we've chosen. Um, I probably shouldn't. Say at this point who's expressed interest, but some some pretty well known names have. So we're putting um, we're putting after because again I mean it's kind of remarkable uh, that everybody knows Creeping Area. And and so kind of you know we reached out to uh, a handful, actually two or three really primary guys that, that were really interested in who have a really good name you know particularly in this genre. And and they all know Creeping Area and are really excited about potentially being involved with this. So we're. Um, so we've got the story picked out, uh, we've got a really good treatment, and, uh, and now we're uh, just kind of negotiating with the writers to, to do the screenplay, and then at that point, we'll start uh, getting into casting and pre-production, so that's kind of kind of the stage we're at. It's, it okay. it all ha- happened actually pretty quickly, we really just started, uh, started putting this together a couple of months ago.
0: And what's your projected date, or that you're hoping for, a best-case scenario to get this out? Best case scenario, we're
1: hoping to go into uh to have the uh the capital raise done at the end of June and be into to full pre production uh through the summer with principal photography this fall. Um, and then uh after post production, uh, to have this out in the film festival uh kind of early spring of, of
0: 2013. Okay. And um, I imagine something like this is going to take a reasonable amount of special effects, even if they're very practical effects, like um, costuming yeah. and sets. So how are right, you right. planning on, on approaching that?
1: Yeah, and that's, and that's, a, that's a really great question. Um, because one of the things that we really want to do with this movie is, um, is, is not use CGI, like, you know what we don't want to do is we don't want it. We don't want it to be CGI. We want it to be very practical special effects,
0: and and it's
1: also going to be kind of in the in the in the um, the classic horror genre, which is kind of early '80s. You know, you think back to Halloween and you think back to Friday the Thirteenth, and and those were all real uh, scary movies that that had quite a bit of gore and and real special effects, as opposed to. You know the the term's kind of been coined um, torture porn, which is some of the horror of late. You know all the Saw movies and um, Hostile, and there's been some other you know that, that aren't really scary monster kind of uh, gore, more just you know as we just just torture. And, and so we're going to stay away from that, and we're going to stay away from CGI. And uh, we've got some people on staff actually. Tony Wash is um, uh, is uh, getting to be very well known um, in the horror genre, and his uh, his his specialty really is special effects. I and mean, he came from the Savini school of special effects makeup in Pittsburgh, and uh, has a lot of ties back there still. And so we're going to have a, a lot of actually a pretty big part of the budget is going to go toward our toward our special effects crew and and um, and capabilities. That's fantastic. It's
0: um I know that yeah. th- there's a reality show in... Uh, Finishing up, I guess. Finished, just finished its second season called Face Off. So I think um, practical effects have are going through a renaissance.
1: hmm Yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly right. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, the, the movie House and the Devil that came out a couple years ago was actually uh, it was kind of trying to to be retro and, uh, and kind of emulate those movies from the '80s. I mean, it had actually very '80s feel. You know, the hairstyles and the cars and all that, but. Um, but also just the, the practical special effects aspect of it as well. So I think that's, I think it really is making a comeback. And again and again, it it uh, makes sense for this film and this brand too um, to be uh, kind of retro and, and back to you know back to the 80s. Um, so so the idea is is to uh, kind of carry all the all the really cool stuff in terms of the, the practical special effects and, and the, the scariness. And, uh, and the monster, so to speak, but, um, but bring it to a new generation. And uh, we've got, um, you know, Jesse Israel of Cantora Records in New York is, is going to help a great deal with the soundtrack, and, and it's going to, you know, our, our goal really is to, to appeal to the current 20-somethings. Um, so something that's, that's retro in, in some really good respects, but then also kind of hip and cool and new, um, and I, that I think will really uh, appeal to, to today's 20-somethings.
0: You mentioned uh, the, the torture porn genre mm-hmm. and and the variety there. Uh, because this is an independent film, are you going to try and stay within any sort of uh, motion picture rating guidelines or are you just um, not concerned with what's considered a rating?
1: And that's a that's a really good question and it's something we haven't really decided on yet. Um, so the, the story we, we've chosen... Could conceivably go either way, so I, I think we're gonna. You know, that's kind of still still to be decided, I guess. I mean, it's certainly. Um, I, I'd say it's probably going to be R, but um, but I'm not. I mean, and I'm not sure exactly why. You know, I'm not sure if it's going to be the language or if it's going to possibly be some nudity or or just just the violence. Um, so I, I would say it's probably likely to be R, but I but I really at this point can't couldn't tell you. Tell you much more about it. It really depends on kind of where, where the writer takes the story, so we're, we're interested in seeing what he does with it.
0: Okay. Do you have
1: a favorite horror movie? Uh, my, yeah. <laughs> and, we, and we talk about this a lot, actually. My favorite horror movie is The Shining. And, uh, and it's actually going to have a lot of the feel of The Shining as well. So uh, it takes place in, um, in one particular house that's a really big house. And uh, you know the neat thing about The Shining is is it's just it's got a lot of kind of just eerie um, space and silence, and uh, I I think we're going to do a lot with kind of the you know the the, what makes The Shining is really the atmosphere of the film, and we're we're going to really play around. Yeah, yeah, and so we're really going to play around with that a lot in this film, which I think will be really cool.
0: Mine, mine is Jaws. I mean it's just my favorite movie yeah um, and I, I even have a hard time remembering that it was built as a horror movie because I was, I was little fairly little when it came out so I didn't see it you know until I was a teenager but um, right right You know I comparing something like Jaws to Godzilla, I never looked at Jaws as a monster movie until recently because to be a monster mm-hmm. with, some, with something, Grotesque and sort of deformed and fantastical, but then you know, recently, as I get to know horror outside of the just puke-worthy torture that's out there, like some genuine suspenseful yeah. horror, you know, I look at Jaws and I say, okay, well, we've got man versus nature, and this is this is still terrifying. It's a horror movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and again, back to the suspense. I mean, the suspense is just what makes it with Jaws. I mean, you just, you just never know when that when that shark is going to come back. And it's, it's uh, yeah, I'm with you. That's one of my favorites as well of all time. And it's a great horror movie, and people usually don't think of it that way. But it really is.
0: Yeah, it just seems so mild by today's movies it's just it's so mild that you can sit a five-year-old kid in front of that movie and nobody would be shocked right now because of, of other things that are
1: out there um, yeah yeah but still when it when it comes on you can't turn it off you know yeah. so it's uh, man every, every time I see it come on tv I'm like oh boy that goes my next hour and a half
0: <laughs> yeah it's you, just you such can. a great you, movie you, yeah you absolutely no. can't turn I love that about it. It's so it's right. so timeless, despite the the '70s wardrobe. There's you hear yeah. that yeah. you hear that music, and that music is such an important character.
1: Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's again the atmosphere of it too. You hear that music, and it's just suspenseful, and it's uh it's great, really great. So we're gonna, gonna really try to carry some of that into into this film. I think it's gonna work really well.
0: So uh, you had mentioned uh, Jesse Israel and talking about the music. So do you mm-hmm. do you anticipate it being something that's that's very um, carried through? Like a typical a typical soundtrack to me is something like when we look at the uh, the original like Schwarzenegger Conan movie. I mean the music was just so incredibly powerful in that movie. Um, but then there are directors like you know M Night Shyamalan. And, Alfred Hitchcock, who purposely have an absence of music that makes things terrifying. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Which, right. you know, which, which way do you think that you're leaning towards more, like, you know, minimal music or making it, because you said 80s vibes, so to me that seems like there's going to be a lot more music.
1: I, th- I think there probably is. I mean, it's going to be, um, uh, you know, we've talked to Jesse about just kind of in general, getting getting very involved with creepy, and he again is a is a is a big fan, even though he's he's really young. Um, he's a he's a big fan, really excited about getting involved. And so as we looked at at a couple of different stories, um, some certainly lent themselves to a lot more music than others. Um, this one I'd say probably a little less. Uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to see what what he suggests and what what we end up coming up with in terms of the soundtrack. I mean, there's certainly certainly going to be a, a few songs in there, but Again, you know I mean you go to the shining and and uh, you know it's pretty pretty minimal in there so that should be interesting again we're pretty pretty early into this but okay. I think uh, I think we're kind of all on the, on the same page and we'll see we'll see where we end
0: up so Kelly I don't want you to feel left out here do you have a favorite horror movie actually oh I'm sorry can you hear me yeah okay. yeah okay sorry about that actually I'm uh, I'm with that it's always been the I think we lost her. Did we lose you, Kelly? I think oh. she was she was about to say The Shining, but the, but she completely cut she it out. <laughs> yeah, right, right.
1: Okay.
0: I hope she can jump back on. Okay, sorry about uh, that. I uh, I, I, I don't know what happened? Okay, well, we can we think we can hear you now. Okay, yeah, and and uh, you know what? I think I'll just let Chad continue on with the interview. Okay, no problem. <laughs> yeah, but thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, technology! No, I mean, How one, it,
1: one time I've ever seen totally, totally speechless. That's, <laughs> that <happened.
0: laughs> That's okay. She's she, she's giving you the spotlight, Chad. So we'll just take okay, that, right? Okay, I'll take it. Sure. <laughs> um, so I hear That's kids. Great. I hear kids in the background there. Yes, a couple. Uh, behind yeah, you. Yes, so I got
1: my my. My four-and-a-half-year-old four son here, who I was just thinking, no, I, I don't think he's ready for Jaws. But, Not really. <laughs> he did, he did. He did watch Wizard of Oz last night for the first time, and I actually thought he'd be terrified by that, and he wasn't. So, that
0: movie I found I much I scarier. I
1: was terrified by that movie till I was like 10, I think, maybe even later than that. He just watched it last night without even blinking. like, wow, okay. You never know, I guess. But
0: do you plan on, on getting him into comics? <laughs> um, well,
1: I, part of my background as well is is as an actor and uh I've acted in um a lot of films and um commercials etc. Um I live in Chicago and uh and I've gotten him into that a little bit. So he actually um has gone out and uh, and done some 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 print shoots and uh actually one or two commercials. So he's uh he, he's a lot of fun. There's no doubt about it, but I don't know if you actually be involved in creepy or not. <laughs> that might be a little too
0: much. Well, it always <laughs> se- it always seems that the movies with the children are, you know, it ups the, the creepy factor so much. Like you were talking yeah. about in The Shining. I mean, seeing children in horror movies is it, it takes it to a whole different level. So I mean, there's, you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm much more partial to, to a, a good monster movie than something that's you know like The Grudge or whatever.
1: Yeah, or like The Exorcist? With the yeah, I ha- yeah, yeah. no, I haven't
0: been able to sit
1: yeah. that. I- yeah, geez, that's something, right? There's a, there's actually a, uh, um, we were kind of, you know, as we were putting some of our materials together for this movie, looking back through some of the creepy magazine covers, and one of my favorites is there's just a girl on the cover, this little girl, and she's holding a doll, and it just, it looks, you know, Literally creepy as hell. <laughs> it just kind of makes your skin crawl. It's just there is something about kids in uh, yeah. in
0: horror films. Yeah. Well, there's always some you know some common denominators that you can expect to be twisted and terrifying. And you've got kids, clowns, uh, you know, any mm-hmm. phobia, any phobia um, dolls, yeah, dolls, doll mm-hmm. carnival. You know there's I, I, yeah. went to, I went out to Coney Island uh, the week before they opened, and seeing it very abandoned and fenced and um it was a rainy day and it was just you could you would just walk up and down the boardwalk and imagine like, oh yeah, you know there's like gonna be some gang of mutated you know murderers <laughs> that somehow have like have a lair here. <laughs> Oh,
1: yeah. And, and just that carnival music itself is is just kind of scary. There's something about it. <laughs> it is.
0: It's, har- it's so horrifying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's great. And then there's, there's also like the romantic horror genre these days. I mean, Creepy and Eerie come from this background which also includes uh, Vampirella, who, you know, we were talking about sexy exactly. women and, and, and scantily clad women and, and, and things like that. Um, and typically in the the eighties horror movies, there was you know, it's such a parody now about how you know a young romantic couple and like the hulk man comes up or something. Um, but nowadays on uh, there's a, the, like the CW, it's practically completely devoted to this horror romance with you know werewolves and vampires and teenagers in love.
1: Oh yeah, all the the Twilight stuff. All yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. I mean, all that stuff is definitely making a comeback.
0: Yeah, I just can't imagine. Like, I've never sat through Twilight, but I can't imagine trying to sit through that and and be scared. Like, none of those creatures look scary to me.
1: (laughs) I'm with you. I I haven't uh, forced myself to sit through that yet either. (laughs) Yeah, and I just think
0: that's sort of. I, I mean, it's a romance. It's not a horror, but they're trying to take you know, monsters and make them romantic and it's very difficult. I mean, I was a big fan of Buffy. Yeah. So, you know, Buffy and Angel to <laughs> me, you know, was very counterproductive in that element as well. It was just so, you know, the forbidden thing. But, um,
1: Right, but, right. Well, they're all, but, you know, they, they take all the, all the best looking people in the world and they try to turn them into monsters. I, I don't know how well that works. But. I know, yeah. <laughs>
0: that, was, that was always very amusing. Um,
1: yeah, right, right.
0: But I mean, you know, through, seven years of Buffy and Angel is like three or four or something like that. I mean, they, you know, they would constantly try to escalate the, the fright factor in the sense that they, you know, everything, like every year there was another apocalypse. Every year the world was going to end because of some ritual, you know, and like, the 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 people will, of course, right
1: yeah I know what's what's the lesson there huh jeez um,
0: but do you want uh, do you have any last thoughts uh, about getting getting the word out there about the, this film do, you, do we have a title to start with or, or anything that people can yes, consider we do
1: actually the, the, yeah I'm sorry the, the title is cry fear okay and uh, yeah and um, so we're going, to, we're going to be putting out a press release as soon as we sign the writer, which should be in the next, the next week to two weeks. And uh, we're actually going to, going to just have a little Kickstarter campaign as well, just primarily to, to really get some buzz going and, uh, and get people you know, excited about the film and, and really on board. And there's going to be a, you know, a way to, to get some, some creepy cry fear hats and creepy cry fear shirts and, and that kind of thing. And, uh, and, I, and as I said, the, the writer is gonna be somebody who's, who's pretty well known to anybody that's first in the genre. So, um, you know, he's gonna have a following. And, and so, you know, I, I, you know, the goal is really just to, to get people kind of excited and, and involved and, and uh, you know, really enthused about being on the ground floor of something that's uh, that just getting started. And uh, and as, as I mentioned earlier, you know, this is really the first film. So we've got, we've got a handful of other really good stories. Um, We've got uh, a bunch of characters that we can draw on, uh, and so it, you know the idea is to really launch. relaunch the brand with this first film, and then um, and then uh, and then go from there. So pretty pretty exciting. So you know if you want to give people my uh, my email address, if anybody's interested in, in learning more or possibly getting involved, you know please do that. I don't, I don't know if you want me to. To say it, or if you want to put it on your site, or something, or other.
0: Uh, uh, you can you can try saying it, but I'll I'll try to print it down uh, for, the show notes as well, for the show
1: notes as well. Sure. Yeah. It's C Meyer C. Emma's and Mary E Y E R E R. And it's at fourfeatures.com features.com dot com. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so anybody can reach me right there and, um, Okay.
0: um, I'm just excited,
1: kind of, to, excited to be in the process here. That's
0: great. Um, you know, I think we'll just wrap it up because I'm getting some terrible feedback. I don't know if it's recording that way. Um, but yeah. Chad, thank you so much. Alright,
1: great. Well, thank you so much for having us, Amber. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Yeah,
0: thank you so much, Amber. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, keep me posted as soon as you get the writer information and get the Kickstarter link. And we'll,
1: uh, no,
0: we'll get that out there. Terrific. Sounds great. We'll do it.
1: Okay, great. Have a
0: great day. Thank you. All right. All right, all right guys. You. You've been listening to Chad Meyer and a little bit from Kelly Newsom from Four Features Films. And I'm Amber Love from AmberUnmatched.com.